And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast, Friday edition. It's happy hour. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. And uh, of course, joining me here on a Friday, the one and only Samantha Mark. Samantha, I am wearing my black socks as we speak doing this podcast. How are you doing? I've got my black socks on, so um, and I'm heading out to the golf course in about two hours, so I'm ready to get kicked off. Can we just start with that, please? I mean, <laughs> what in the world is going on when you get kicked off a golf course, right, supposedly, for wearing black socks, and he had black socks on with black shoes? Are we not past this yet with golf? I don't know. I... um. So in case you don't know what we're talking about, this guy named, is it Ewan? Ewan? I don't even know his, how to say it. Yeah. Porter. Let's say it's Ewan Porter. In um, Australia. Twitter, in Australia, yep. He tweeted the other day and said, visited a premier Sydney golf club today, was told I wouldn't be able to play wearing black socks with black shoes, and I needed to buy white club socks. Leaving this open for discussion, but I said out of principle, I'd prefer not to play than bow to archaic rules. Next tweet. In addition to my previous tweet, said club made me pay $15 for comp fee only to reject PGA members from winning the comp and then no refund. Safe to say I won't be returning. And it, his tweets got over 600 responses. They were pretty much both in favor and against. Like a lot of people were annoyed, but there were several people who said there's two sides to every story. That might not have been the case of why he got kicked out. I don't know. I saw a tweet that said he didn't get kicked out for wearing the black socks. He got kicked out for tweeting about getting kicked out about wearing the black right. socks. So I don't know if that was really the case. That is a little absurd, well, very <laughs> absurd, but it's to be celebrated. So we're celebrating it by wearing our black socks today. Well, first we had the hoodie, right? So it's the hoodie. Can't wear a hoodie. Uproar. Carol Hatton wins and he's got the hoodie on and now it's the black socks. What's next? What else can't we wear? On the golf course. I just I mean, think it's, I think the hoodie thing bothers me mostly because it's not as if he was wearing an old worn out white hoodie with a 5k logo on the front and holes in it. Like he was wearing a nice yeah. looking jacket that happened to have a hood. Yeah. Um, well, it's, you know what I mean? It looked very nice and, and hoodies are going to become more fashionable. You know, the next generation is wearing them as black socks now where i draw the line are the short shorts i think if we're going to do anything is are the men wearing short shorts i just i don't like where we're going with this trend that is very much a generational thing as well i don't have a problem with it if they're like in a day-to-day -day setting but on the golf course i would definitely agree with you there <laughs> um it's just like a little bit too much thigh <laughs> And maybe it's a little bit of hostility because we are in Florida. So it is like year round five we're seeing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some golf here. We got, uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. The, the CJ cup is in Las Vegas, second week in a row. Shadow Creek, this place is off the chart. They say it's, some of the players are saying it's the best greens they have ever played. Look at the leaderboard right now. As we come to you, Xander Shoffley has teed off. He's made a birdie. And uh, he is tied for Terrell Hatton at seven under par. And both of those guys, X-Man and Terrell, just happen to be on my fantasy golf lineup in DraftKings. Wow. 
So I am loving life with them. There's Matthew Fitzpatrick showing his skill of hitting it straight. He's at minus six along with Russell Henley. There he is again. Russell, you give Russell some smooth greens and he can uh, fill it up. But this is a, a good field on a golf course. I really like this, uh, Samantha, that the tour moved it to Shadow Creek. This is a very private club in Vegas. And, you know, you're not going to have a tournament there if there were going to be fans. So it worked mm -hmm. out with the COVID. And um, I'll tell you, if you haven't watched the golf, you should watch it. Beautiful golf course. It doesn't even look like they're in Las Vegas. I got to tell you, it feels, there's some spots. It feels a little like Augusta to me. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that it's, you know, I saw somebody say something on Twitter earlier about how beautiful it was. And it, I do agree. It looks incredible incredible, especially players posting on Instagram and stuff. And it's interesting because it's a course that very few of them have played, I think, or so I'm hearing, you know, on TV and seeing in some transcripts. And if they have played it, it's been on like a buddy's trip to Vegas um, or like not in a professional setting. So it's definitely gettable if you drive it well and hit it in the right spots. And it is penal if you get offline. And it, there's such a wide range of scores right now that I think it's really um, showing to be a great track for them. Now, Phil had some funny comments, didn't he, Phil Mickelson, about not playing in the CJ Cup? Oh, my God, yes. So he was playing in a Champions Tour event, I think, this week. Yes. Um, and somebody asked him, what made you not ask for an exemption at Shadow Creek? Obviously, he's not in the top whatever to qualify for this week anymore. And his quote said, even if I beat all 78 guys, it would still be a letdown. I made so much more last time I played that I just don't see the benefit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's honestly uh, incredible. Um, yeah. He always just says it. And I love that about him. And last time he played, he obviously, you know, won like $9 million or something like that. So I in the mean, dark, in the dark. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The match. They had to, yeah. They were doing the par three Remember at the end there oh, yeah. and they had they the lights out the putting green. Remember? Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, Phil is just, you know, I've always been a, a Phil fan to some degree, not as much as probably most, but I've become a bigger Phil fan. Now, I think post 50, I mean, he's funny. He's timely. I don't feel like he's always trying to be the smartest man in the room all the time. And I don't know. He just kind of feels like he's kind of let his guard down just a little bit. And there's some authentic Phil one-liners that he's sharing. And I think it's great. Let's just hope that he can keep it reasonably in front of him off the tee because he is very much going after the distance, hitting bombs, high, nasty bombs, I quote. That's what he always likes to say. Mm -hmm. Well, he kept it straight in his first event uh, on the Champions Tour, one shooting 23 under uh, at the Ozarks National. So it'll be interesting to see what he does uh, this week. He's not in the field. Neither is Tiger. Tiger next week. be interesting to see where he's at when we head over to Sherwood. He knows a thing or two about that golf course. But the yeah. leaderboard here, as I look at it, Samantha, great field, John Rahm um, at five under. But I want to go back up to um, Terrell Hatton at seven under. This is a character here now. And, and if you watch my show, fantasy golf show called The Matchup for DraftKings, you know I play Terrell Hatton all the time. And I've been telling you all this year, this dude is a baller. And when you can get him at 7,500, 
you got to take him. I mean, he's yeah. been making me money, but you're not getting him at 7,500 anymore. You're getting him at like 9,000, 9,500 because now he's, everybody's kind of figured him out. He won last week on the European tour. He's got jet lag, comes over here, basically like the first six holes. He says, I'm in a daze and jet lag. And he shoots seven under 65 to take the <laughs> opening round lead. And uh, man, he is, he's fun to watch. He'll, he'll let you know how he's, uh, how he's feeling, won't he? I think that that's what I'm going to start saying on the first tee. Um, yeah, I'm jet lagged. Like that's crazy. Like I, even if I'm literally just drove up the road, I think that's, that's going to be my new excuse. Tyrell Hatton became one of my favorite golfers two years ago at Bay Hill. So we, you know, I live in Orlando, Bay Hills right up the road. I was working for golf channel and he hit a shot on number nine and I didn't see it in person, but I saw it on scratch, the PGA tour kind of funny account on Twitter later that day. And Tyrell Hatton basically shanks one to the right. If you've ever played number nine at Bay Hill, there's this big tree, like 50 yards out from the green. He like hits it under that tree somehow from the middle of the fairway. And he looks at his caddy and he goes, have you seen a worse golf shot? And his caddy kind of, you know, stares at him and Tyrell goes, answer the question. And the caddy goes, no. And he goes, yeah, that was awful. Like it was just like <laughs> such a weird, um, but so yeah. now that's like me and my mom's thing. I'll be like, have you seen a worse golf shot? <laughs> so it's, I started loving him back in that day. Great player too, but that was a funny story that I remember about him. Yeah, I interviewed him on morning drive back in, I think 2017, he came in and um, I interviewed him in the, uh, in the simulator, we were talking about his driver and then we went over and talked about his putter. And, and at that time he was, I think the number one putter on the European tour and has just continued to put the lights out. Excellent putter. I think he's become a better ball striker since that time, you know, getting to meet him and spend some time with him. Um, and then your, you know, you know, your interaction, that's not the first time I've heard something like that, um, with him. You know, he's kind of must watch TV, man. You almost like, God, he hits a bad shot. You don't know what's coming. He's mm -hmm. seven under going into the last hole. He's got about a 15 footer right to left to make birdie and to shoot eight under. And he hits a pot and he misreads it by, you know, I don't know, probably eight or nine inches. Bad misread for a tour player. And he's got, the, he gives it the thumbs up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, oh yeah. You know, I don't know. It, it's uh it's kind of funny. I, I'm 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 excited to watch this event um to see who uh to see who wins and uh, to see how my DraftKings lineup does and I'll give you a quick update here. There's X-Man and Terrell Hatton tied for first. I've also got uh Abraham Answer, he's 3 under. Wow, There's Munoz at about 1. Him in a while. Yeah. Well, you know, Abe is the one thing with Abraham, I think, is that you've—he's got to get his short game better. He, everything he does, ball striking wise and putting, I think, is up to speed. His his short game lets him down, and I think when he starts, when his and it puts a lot of pressure on his ball striking. I think when he starts to slip ball striking, he kind of goes away because his short game is not where it needs to be on the PGA Tour standard. So I think mm -hmm. this could be a decent week for him because it doesn't look like. There's a lot of crazy rough, you know. I think the short game shots probably are fairly straightforward. Um, but, I mean, there is a little bit of rough, but nothing, you know, too terrible. So, yeah, he's there at three. There's Neiman even. Munoz at one under. He tees off um, later. And then, um, yeah, there's Alex Norton at plus seven. That's pretty sweet right there. Plus seven. Just a big old black eye in the middle of what is a terrific lineup. And I'm telling you. 
terrific lineup with five guys. And then Alex Norn is uh, at T76 at plus you seven. Know what? So anyway. That, that's why, that is why I don't play DraftKings anymore. Let me say that's not why, but I think I, one, I think I suck at it. And two, I would always have like three or four guys up there and then like two or three guys that miss a cut. Yeah. And like, you're, it's just annoying. I don't, I want to win. So mm-hmm. I don't know who I need to call, what I need to pay, <laughs> but like, I want the inside information and <laughs> that's why I got so frustrated. So I'm right there with you about Alex it, Norris. It's, it's not for everybody, but there's no cut. So hopefully he can rally yeah. and climb and then I can get, you know, three guys for a second and third and, um, and win some money. What else is out there? We've got, um, got some things to talk about here this week i was looking through the run of show we've got well there's always bryson chatter isn't there oh my What's going god on with that's him? what i was gonna say people are still talking about bryson they won't leave him alone and that's it's so annoying to me i'm so tired of reading about it on twitter <laughs> and i'm not tired of reading about bryson i'm tired about people bitching about bryson yeah i don't care it doesn't have anything to do with you let him do his weird scientific man thing I, it, it doesn't affect you People take everything so personally and think that everything has to do with them, especially on social media. I know you talked to George Savarikas earlier this week, talked a little bit about Bryson. He's taking four weeks off leading up to the Masters, obviously got criticism about that. The dude can't do anything right for um, for people on on social media, especially the, you know, the, the very nice golf Twitter crowd. So yeah, he wants to gain even more weight heading into... Uh, Heading into the Masters, so it's going to be interesting to see how he plays Augusta for sure. That's definitely going to be, you know, behind Tiger defending one of the leading storylines. And I don't know, this is a side note, but I don't know if it feels like a week ago that Tiger won the Masters or like 20 years ago. It feels equally both. Yeah, it does. You know, a couple things to Bryson. First off, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who just made another birdie, is now seven under, tied for the lead as well now with with uh, Xander and Terrell. And Fitzpatrick had some things. Yeah, Fitzpatrick yep. had some things to say last week in the European tour. And, and, he, and one of them that I really – there was two things that kind of hit me the wrong way with him. One is he said that, you know, it's not a skill to hit the ball a long ways. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just – that's crazy. That's crazy talk. That makes no sense to anybody Mm-hmm. other than himself. It's not a skill to create speed and hit it a long ways. I mean, one of the most difficult things to do in golf is hit it long and straight, right? Let me, let me read what he said. I've got it right here. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick from England said, Bryson is making a bit of a mockery of the game. Quote, it's not a skill to hit the ball a long way, in my opinion. I could put on 40 pounds. I could go and see a biomechanist and I could gain 40 yards. That's actually a fact. I could put another two inches on my driver. I could gain that. But the skill, in my opinion, is to hit the ball straight. That's the skill. He's taking the skill out of it, in my opinion. I'm sure lots will disagree. I would say it takes more skill to do what I'm doing. I still believe I'm hitting it straighter than what I was last year and the distances I was hitting it back then. See, I think it's more difficult to hit it straight the longer you hit it. Yeah. And where he gets wrong is Bryson hit more fairways than Fitzpatrick did at the U.S. Open. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like he just has no basis for that statement, you know, relative to the U.S. Open. Now, I think Fitzpatrick is probably straighter than Bryson overall off the tee, but hitting it long and straight is not easy. And Bryson is is doing that. So I just I don't know. That rubs me the wrong way. It's sour grapes. 
that's a bad attitude comes across a bit spoiled to me. So I don't like that. And I don't, I don't think most players did either. I think they, they had a lot to come and say about that. You know, JT's comments on Bryson quote, I'm not going to put on 40 pounds. I don't have the height to do that. I'm going to look like a beach ball if I put on 40 pounds. (laughs) Which is true. If you've ever seen JT in person. And Rory defended, I think Bryson and complimented him, Jack Nicholas, you know, so most of these guys are like, come on, man. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, let's just peel it back. Right. What's yeah. wrong with an athlete that gets bigger, stronger and faster. So what I think is so interesting is that there's not really a middle ground in, you know, people on social media or players, people are either like, ah, whatever, he's annoying. Or they're like, oh, I love it. I'm trying to do the same thing. There's not really like a disregard for it as a whole. Does that make sense? Like nobody's ignoring it and just letting it be. You've got Rory saying, I'm trying to keep up with the way the game is going, posting photos of his swing monitor, like that stuff he never did before Bryson. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's just kind of two very polarizing ways of looking at what Bryson's doing. And I just think it's very interesting that there's no middle ground. Well, I think it's very ironic too. I think Brooks, when he was taking shots at Bryson, was trying to get into his head. And I think to some degree he was getting in Bryson's head. Mm -hmm. But now I think Bryson's in everybody else's head. Including Brooks. Including Brooks. Right. I mean, I think he's in all their heads. I mean, clearly Rory's posting, DJ's posting. Um, I see Victor Hovland now swinging out of his ass, you know, trying to get Tony Fee now. You know, so they're trying to get longer. But I got to tell you this, none of them make it look as easy as Bryson does. And yeah. Finau does. Finau looks like Finau could turn the volume up. And that's it your looks, boy. Yeah, I mean, Finau's my boy. We're still looking for that second win, but that's another. That's another discussion. whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and all the best to Finau. He, of course, he came down with COVID and so did DJ. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully these guys are no symptoms and doing the right things, which I'm sure they are. And we'll get them back for the Masters, which is which is coming up. And it's an interesting time. The PGA tour has done a great job. We're seeing the NFL now taking on some COVID tests. You know, some teams are struggling, Tennessee, New England, but uh, Hey, we're continuing to move forward. There's 50 tournaments this year on the PGA tour, which is just uh, incredible. Savarikas and I were talking about just these winners, you know, that we've seen this season in Stuart sink coming out of nowhere. And, Sergio Garcia and I mean just you know guys that uh that you just haven't been seeing it's been kind of a wild start here of course Bryson you could kind of predict at the U.S. Open but some of these guys that have been getting back into the winner's circle been interesting so who else won last week I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of the in the playoff we had Matthew Wolf with shoot I'm drawing a blank wait um, last week Hatton won yeah. last week yeah well Hatton won in Europe Right. I'm drawing a blank. So that was last week in Europe. Standby. Wait, why are we to, both blanking about this? Oh, Martin Laird. Um, there it is. That's the guy I was trying to think of. Martin Laird. That's why. So I Martin forgot. Laird. Yeah. Martin Laird wins in a playoff. Who, an incredible story, uh, the Martin Laird story, where he goes, you know, of course, COVID happens at the players. Everybody's called off. They come back in June. Martin Laird's ready to play. He tears his meniscus mm-hmm. and he doesn't have status. He's on a medical. So he's got X amount of starts when he comes back and he wins. I mean, that is incredible. The uncertainty he had to be just beside himself tearing his meniscus. 
and he comes out and he wins in a playoff. Austin Cook was in the playoff, who's been doing nothing. Yeah. Um, like, where'd that dude come from? Uh, and, University of you know, Arkansas, that's where he came from. Yeah. Hudson <laughs> Swafford wins. He was playing in the Corn Ferry Tour earlier this year. I mean, so it's just, it's crazy the winner. Stuart Sink, Bryson DeChambeau, Hudson Swafford, Sergio Garcia, Martin Laird. I mean, why not? Just have Matthew Fitzpatrick win this thing and it'll just, everything will blow up. Twitter will blow up. Bryson have to have something to say about the skill of hitting it short and straight, I guess. But anyway, we got the Masters coming up. What's on the slate there? Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs. Use of high-density particles and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. Well, big news out of Augusta National. People who got tickets to this year's event will obviously roll over to next year. I was actually supposed to be up at Augusta National this year, but we don't need to talk about that because I'm going to start crying. So they sent out an email to people who had purchased tickets via the lottery and said that they're opening up a patron's online shop, which I don't know if I will have access to because I um, got tickets through a friend. However, if I do have access to it, y'all better be quick because every credit card I got, I'm maxing it out. So I think that's a really interesting way to do merch for the masters. Granted, it's kind of the only option right now. Well, yeah, it is the only option. And um, it's going to be strange seeing Augusta with, without the fans lining that thing. You know, the thing about Augusta and the masters, it's like 10 or 11 people deep, you know? So it's not just like Mm -hmm. a few rows of people you're talking 11, 12, up to 15, 16 deep of, of rows of people. So it's going to look obviously extremely different. It's going to feel so strange to the players. It is right around the corner as we've got the Zozo Championship next week at Sherwood, Tiger defends, and then the Bermuda Championship um, out in Royal, Royal Golf Course uh, where Brendan Todd defends. And then the mm-hmm. good old Houston Open finds its place right back in front of the Masters just Every like old times. Time. Lanto Griffin defends, who's had an excellent, who had an excellent year, I should say, last year. Mm-hmm. And then the Masters, November 12 uh, through the 15th. And I'm excited because, of course, you know, we don't get this usually into November. We got the best players playing this week. Um, good field next week at Sherwood. And then, of course, the Masters will be stacked. And uh, we got a great lineup, Samantha, on the podcast. The podcast is doing great. We appreciate everyone's support. And uh, some really exciting news coming up, you know, on Monday, uh, Kurt Byron will be joining me uh, to talk 
things about uh, the CJ Cup and then the look ahead to Zozo. So, Kurt, one of my favorite analysts in golf, he's doing the uh, telecast this week for the Golf Channel. I really love his insight, so I'm really excited about his conversation on Monday. And then on Wednesday, we have Greg uh, Roscoff, who is the trainer for, wait for it, Bryson DeChambeau. Yes, sir. And, uh, I've been texting with Greg, and Greg has Bryson coming into town. So Bryson um, is training. You will not see him, as you mentioned, Samantha, until the Masters, trying to put on more weight. And Greg is the one that basically designs this and executes it with Bryson. What I didn't know when I was, you know, looking him up earlier, he actually got started like 30 years ago with the Broncos, the Nuggets, the Jazz, um, more so in like injury prevention. An article that I read in Golf Digest said that, which I thought was interesting because we've really only seen Bryson do this incredible transformation with his body uh, over the last six, eight months. Um, but Greg was very candid in saying, you know, this has been three years yep. with him. It might have all shown up quickly, um, but it was never his intention to bulk him up or, you know, do all of this stuff very quickly. It's been a long process. So I'm super excited to hear from Greg. I know you are as well. We'll be a great conversation kind of nitpicking. I want to know what I can do to hit the ball longer. So if you can ask him that yeah. five, seven frame chick, that'd be great. But yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun week. Well, it's going to start with taking the black socks off first so we can get on the golf course. And then from there, once we're on the golf course, then well, we can try to swing a little bit harder. You know, one of the best podcasts that we've done was the one I did with Chris Como. And you should go back and listen to that because I, I brought Chris on, you know, really at the time that Bryson was starting to come out with this new physique and, and speed. And, um, you know, I knew Chris kind of redid his living room um, and turned it into a studio. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, we should just, we, we need to talk about this and just put it out there. So it was a really good podcast and and it's one of the, the most uh, listened to. So if you haven't listened to that, you should go listen to the Chris Como podcast before the conversation that I have with Greg, because those are two important pieces uh, for this transformation with Bryson DeChambeau. So talking about playing golf, you've got some golf coming up here before we we go that you want to share. I do. I'm still deciding if I'm going to go play this evening at the Skins game, the Winter Park 9, Friday afternoon Skins game. I don't know if I want to lose money today. Um, Is Janella playing? Yeah, I'm sure. He plays every week. Um, Played last week. Lost my $20, contributed to the pot. Made an eagle last week. And then two guys in the group behind me both chipped in for eagle in the same group. Wow. So that was annoying. And then... I had two other birdies and just didn't, didn't get lucky. Didn't win any skins. Didn't, didn't win any skins. Shot that's like the, five uh, under. Didn't win any skins. <laughs> yeah. Winter Park 9. That's right outside of, or it's uh, in Winter Park, right outside of Orlando. Yep. Uh, Matt Janella, um, of course, you know, from the Golf Channel. Used to work with him a lot. He puts that on every Friday. I've been down. I've played in it. I'm gonna, I need to get back down there this fall and playing it again, but, uh, not much golf for me on the horizon. we got family in town. My little guy turned six this weekend. So we'll be doing birthday parties, uh, probably this little drum set that will be making lots of noise. 
Oh my. God bless speaking, you for that. Speaking of happy hour, we're going to need many more happy hours with that drum set. You want me to just, here that, that wine that you sent me, you want me to just send it back? <laughs> yeah. Will you? Cool. Got you. Yeah. Send, send that back. All right. Let's finish up the show. We got uh, hashtag bent out of shape. What do we got? Yep. We, uh, every Friday we ask people what has them been out of shape in the game of golf. I tweeted out and we would love to hear from you. Um, could be anything I've got. We always get a wide range of responses anywhere from people been out of shape, something in pro golf, something at their home club. And I think that's, what's cool. It's just, you know, a very wide angle question. So you can take it however you want. Um, We've got Sarah Kellum says all of the dress code issues make her mad with a Michael Scott gif. So I understand that. Um, you said, is it noon yet? <laughs> and then we've got um, somebody named Caruso said, a course that drains so horribly when I hit a drive in the fairway at plugs and is never seen again. Um, that's that's he annoying. Must, he must be in Florida because that happens here all the time. <laughs> That's annoying. Did you see the break Ricky got on the drivable par four yesterday? Oh my yesterday? God, yes. So bad. That was a bad break. Um, yeah. And then we've got Cora Foss, username. Fitzpatrick says Bryson has no skill. It takes more skill to shoot low scores. Why are we yelling at Hatton for wearing a hoodie? He won. So I totally agree with that tweet. Good tweet there. Um, let's see. Um, somebody says Brooks can't break par anymore. Uh, like we said before, completely different podcast episode on what's going on with Brooks right now. Let's um, slow down on Brooks. Let's run, hold on a second. Okay. Let me defend Brooks for a second here. I mean, he's coming off an injury. He's he's um, he, he, there's some competitive rust here. Like it, it's going to take a little bit to kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, I mean, he had he had a pretty good size break there. So I, Brooks is Brooks is fine. I'm going to defend Brooks here on this one. Um, Brooks will be fine. Is he going to win the Masters? I mean, I don't know. Probably not. But let's just let him be healthy, get some reps underneath him. I mean, playing professional anything hurt is not it, like that. It doesn't work. Like right. you can't beat the the best of the best when you're injured. Now you might be able to when you're Tiger Woods and peak off a broken leg for crying out loud, but um, exceptions. There are exceptions. <laughs> exceptions. Let's let him play some healthy golf and just get back into feeling good and get some confidence back. Brooks is going to be fine enough. Yeah, I would agree. And I like hearing you defend Brooks. You don't do that often. So we're, we're making, we're making strides here. Let's see. We've got Matt Fontaine says, I don't want Bryson to embarrass Augusta, but I don't see how he doesn't. Um, and then somebody else says something about Bryson. Kyle says, Bryson can rub us the wrong way, but he's put in the work on top of being the smartest man in the room. Why can't we just appreciate the fact that he wasn't just handed something? He is reaping the benefits of his labor, which yeah. I completely agree. He's an athlete who got bigger, stronger, and faster. Like, when is yeah. that a crime? I mean, gosh, I mean, give me a break. It, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Fitzpatrick, I think his his points, I think, are probably more, hopefully, as he's taken a step back and reflected more geared towards the governing bodies of the game, right? And more mm -hmm. pointed towards that rather than what Brooks has done as a professional athlete to get better. And if it hasn't, then 
that's just a that's a really sour take, you know, on yep one of your colleagues and what they're doing uh, to get better. Now, as far as Bryson, you know, embarrassing the Masters, I mean, I, that's not a foregone conclusion for crying out loud. I mean, Bryson uh, is, is not just going to show up and and win every tournament. I mean, this is this is not what we're we're after. Now he's going to hit it a long ways and and this and that, but you know, he was eighth at the Shriners. He didn't play great at the two, he played didn't play great at the Tour Championship. Played mm-hmm. terrible at the BMW. Missed the cut at the Northern Trust. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the yeah. same Bryson oh, yeah. hitting at the same distance. So it's like this is not a foregone conclusion. It's going to be fun to see where he hits it. Um, Bryson's a good putter, and but you have to, you know, Still Augusta is kind of own. It, it's a it's its own animal with you know those green complexes and things like that. So, um, do I think he'll be there? Yeah, it's tough to bet against him when you're hitting at 350 yards. I think he will be there, but there's much there. There is more to the game than that, and Bryson has shown that he's not showing up and winning by six like he did at the U.S. Open every time. Right, completely agree. You got to give credit where credit's due for sure, and I think people need to do a little bit better job of recognizing hard work. Most of the time, when people don't want to recognize hard work, it's because they don't want to do it themselves. So that's right. You know what that's I mean? Right. That's that's what I see in a lot of these these faceless people on Twitter being mad about it. So, yeah. On that note, um, <laughs> happy Friday. <laughs> happy Happy Friday! Thanks for being with us here on the podcast. We got a great week coming up. Kurt Byram on Monday. Greg Roscoff, Bryson DeChambeau's trainer, on Wednesday. Probably have a special guest for you on Friday as well that we'll fill you in on. And uh, I'm gonna go put a drum set together, pour a glass of wine, and I'll see you next week on Uh, Monday. I'm Travis. She's Samantha. We'll talk to you next time. See ya.